world is a vampire. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. And why do I get for my Hour number two of the show. Live from the Octane Community Studios. I feel like Billy Corgan's going to have something to say right here. Why you didn't say anything? (laughs) So people know we're still here. You know who loved Smashing Pumpkins? Billy Corgan. Uh, Yes. His name was Shane Conlon. Google it, my young man. Oh, man, one of the more underrated grunge bands, I think, of the era, if I can be so bold. You ever seen them? Uh, no. Neither have I. I have not. No. Weren't they here? Fantastic. I felt like we were going. We need Next time they're here, we got to go as a show. Okay. We'll just do a show from the arena leading up, and they'll be like, oh, are you like a music station? No, just straight sports. Hey, Billy, what's up? Uh, be quiet, oh, Luke. Dude, Luke, 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 be quiet. Yes. Just don't uh, be cool, Luke. Oh, boy, I have to get that voice down first. Hey, Billy, <laughs> how are you doing over there? Um, the, minutes, <laughs> the minutes. Hey, remember when you were at the Beijing Pumpkins? <laughs> uh, the minutes. If you look at the, the total for the Suns, for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker through the first four games, okay? Yeah. Because this is what people are. I mean, I get it. This is what people are kind of freaking out about right now. Um, Kevin Durant's played 176. Devin Booker's played 174. So KD's averaging 44 minutes a game. Devin Booker's averaging just under 44 minutes a game. Yes. Um, those numbers are too high. <laughs> like if you're gonna if you're gonna go four rounds into the playoffs and you're gonna have to play, let's just say, like what would be the toughest path now? Denver in the second round. Yeah, that'd be tough. I'd still say the Warriors in the third and the Bucks if they were healthy in the fourth. Like if if you went through that path and you were playing seven game series after seven game series and, and those guys are playing that many minutes, it's it's gonna you're asking them to do so much that there's no way it's not going to catch up with them. Yes. But what I would say is this, Wolf, and I'm going to use math to prove a point, which I don't think you expected from me today. No. Um, well, that was rude. I didn't expect you to really agree that quickly. Well. Devin Booker is averaging 43 and a half minutes a game. Let's say he goes out there and plays 44 minutes again tomorrow, okay? Yeah. But they win. So they don't have to play a game six or a game seven. Yes. If you take that total out and you average it out over seven games... They'll be averaging about thirty-one minutes a game. Okay, because they'll have those. They'll have game six and game seven off. That's why this is is so important in my mind to go out there and win tomorrow. Get your guys some rest, and it doesn't matter that they're playing forty-five. No, minutes you're a game. right. You're you're absolutely right about that. It'd be great if you could finish off teams in four games, uh, five games. Of course, it'd be fantastic, but. You know, that's, I don't think, realistic. It just isn't going to be realistic. Not going consistently. All the way through. Yeah. Not consistently. But you could tomorrow. I think right now, I, you could. And this is a great opportunity. Once again, get greedy. It's time to get greedy. You're coming home. You're at the Footprint Center. You've got an opportunity to close this series out. How important is that when you've got guys like Book that are playing 45 minutes? you got guys like KD that are playing 44 minutes. How how important is it? Chris Paul's playing 41 minutes. How important? Oh, my goodness. This 
you got to get greedy in this situation right now. Somehow, some way to end it tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and it is get greedy, but it's also almost out of necessity because if you really want to go four rounds deep, and it's it's not it's not like Monty Williams can manage those minutes down. This is the way this team is built. He can't he can't be like, hey, you know, I know Katie's playing forty four minutes a game, but you know what? Tomorrow he's only going to play forty two. Like, cool. That's what, what is that going to solve? You need the actual games off, which yes. you can only get by winning a series quickly. And I'm with you. I, I if you're playing Denver, if you're playing Golden State, hey, if you're playing the Lakers, if they're going to be at full strength. You're not going to be able to just be like, oh, we're going to win this one in four, necessarily. But you have a chance tomorrow to put a team away in five games, and, and you need to take it not just because you need to advance, but because you'll get KD and you'll get Devin Booker some actual rest. Here's Monty Williams post game talking about how fatigue might be affecting those two. Uh, maybe. But I, I think I got Book a, a good rest in the first half, and then I was talking to Kev, and he's like, Coach, I'm good. And I think he said that one, he was, and two, he wasn't running around like we typically play. They lean on him a lot, which can, you know, take some from your legs, but he was, he said, Coach, I'm good. Trust me. And I was like, okay. So I just let him roll. And when I did want to take him out, I think we were up like nine or ten, and I felt like if we could get it higher than that, I'd take him out. But then they they made a run and dropped, got it to like six or five. So I was like, well, there goes that idea. Yeah, you know, um, they got off to another bad start. Yeah, they do keep doing that. <laughs> that, 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 that what, why do you think that is, Luke? What, what is one thing you might be able to point to and say, aha, why, why are they getting off to these bad starts consistently? They, they look in those moments like a team that hasn't played together much yet, which they are. And I would also say in this particular series, Russell Westbrook, and he's gotten some help, but it's, it hasn't been consistent. Like one game it's from Norman Powell, the next game it's from somebody else. It, that can work for a quarter. It yeah. hasn't been sustainable for the Clippers for four quarters. Yeah. No, and I think you're right about that. Maybe it is. Maybe the first couple of games getting off to a slow start in that first quarter, maybe that was due to not playing a ton together. But games three and games four, is it possible that fatigue was an issue for the Suns? All of these guys, their big three in particular, of course, playing all of these minutes right now. They look like they were short on a lot of their shots. And many times, NBA analysts will tell you that's that's because of their legs. You look yeah. at the legs from the ground up. The sun shot 28% from the floor in that first quarter. 28%. Just a horrific start. 46 They allowed 46% from the Clippers once again. There was one point where the Suns were in a 5 of 25 stretch and missed 9 straight buckets. <laughs> In that first half. Yeah. Think about that. It man. defies logic, though, that they're then shooting better as the game goes on. Because I think you're probably on to something. But how are they flipping the switch? Maybe you're making the adjustment. Maybe I you're guess. just honestly adjusting to what your body is doing and what your body is telling you. Listen, I'm not saying that I have the answers. I don't know. I just know, to your point, if the Suns don't finish off an opponent quickly... This could be trouble. Yeah, it, it might not be trouble. You know, if they if they lose tomorrow, they probably still win the series in Game Six. But 
you do have to have in the back of your mind. And I know it's all about just surviving and doing what you have to do. And I'm not faulting Monty Williams for the minutes these guys have because they've needed them in yeah. each game. Otherwise, they wouldn't be up 3-1 in these series or this series. But, but you know, again, I'll just go back to if KD plays 44 minutes tomorrow, that's 220 for the series. But if it ends at 220, that's yeah. fine because then you're, you're spreading that out over two weeks instead of if he if they lose and he's got to play another 44 and you're up to 264 and he's got to play another 40 in Game 7. That's that's where it's going to come back to, to bite you deeper in the playoffs. So it is. It's, it, I think the best way this team can combat that is just to win the series as quickly as possible and recover <laughs> because you're not just asking Katie and Booker to play 44 minutes you're asking them to carry the team while they're yeah. playing 44 minutes it's a lot of math I know I, and I'm done for probably the year with the math score the hottest ticket in town Suns playoff tickets just text ticket to 62620 register and listen for your name today during the 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for game 5 tickets the Suns take on the Clippers again that's ticket to 62620 when we come back <laughs> the NFL draft is just days away and that means coming up next the first installment of Wolf's Freak Show it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, if it is Monday of the NFL Draft Week, then that means it is officially time for the start of Wolf's Freak Show. Wolf, I mean, I think a lot of us look forward to this each and every year, and I've done my best to not know. I know one of the freaks, but uh, I don't want to know. I'm going to be surprised the the rest of the week. Who do you got for us? You know, and that is one of the things, too, you have to remember about the Freak Show, Basinonians. It's not about who's the best player. It isn't about the best player at all. Now, there are names you are definitely going to recognize. There's no doubt about it. But it's about who's the freakiest player. And for me, once again, I use that term freak with great reverence. Having said that, what do you say we roll that? Ladies and gentlemen, step right up. You will be mesmerized by their potential. Their size and athleticism set them apart from the rest. Forget about the bearded lady, folks, or the yak woman. This is Wolf's Freak Show. I'm about ready to get freaky up in here. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. See the man they can't play any position. They call him Watchman. That's right. Watch him get the edge, use his hands, and hunt quarterbacks with the greatest of ease. Watch the man lead the freaks and bleed the freaks. See the man they call the Blade Runner. There are stranger freaks in this year's draft, but few of them can line up in the slot and cover a receiver on one play and line up on the edge and rush the passer on the next. Nolan Smith can do it all, and although we know how difficult it is to come into the National Football League and play multiple positions as a rookie, Nolan Smith may be the exception. Isn't that right, Micah Parsons? Ladies and gentlemen, author James Berry once said, Temper is a weapon we hold by the blade. The meaning is clear, and so is the future for Nolan Smith. He needs the edge the way a blade needs sharpening. And yet when watching him on tape, you don't know how dull that edge may be. 
Ray Mears, a British woodsman and author, said, A blunt blade is more dangerous than a sharp one. And that's the problem with Nolan Smith. Oh, he's dangerous. Speaking of danger, Smith's combine results were the stuff of legend and will serve him well on draft day. His 4-3-9-40 was number one among all pass rushers. His 41-and-a-half-inch vertical and 10-8 broad jump showed off his lower body explosiveness and had scouts strapping on drool buckets. Smith is raw and plays hard. He isn't afraid to swing his sword and set the edge. He uses his hands to pierce tight ends blocks and does a a great job controlling most of them. Although he is undersized at 6'2 and 238 pounds, Smith fits into a 5'2 front well. He runs the hump, getting the arm under and gets the edge, but lacks speed to power. Like any great blade, the power is in how it's made. By all accounts, Smith has been made very, very well. He is defined by good decisions and came back for his senior year at Georgia. He has pontificated multiple times about his love of loyalty, character, and blunt-nosed hard work. He's loaded with confidence and was the leader of Georgia's defense, a defense that included multiple hyper-aggressive alpha males. Henry David Thoreau famously said, We are double-edged blades, and every time we wet our virtue, the return stroke straps our vice. Where is the skillful swordsman who can give clean wounds and not rip up his work with the other edge? This quote is Nolan Smith. Will he be a skillful swordsman or rip up his work with the other edge? Nobody knows. The jury is out. But the verdict, the verdict might be in soon. Nolan Smith is a freak. Do not forget that, and we'll see where his career is headed. Freak Show with Wolf and Luke. There it is right there. I'm sold. First time ever I put my glasses on. I was <laughs> it thrown messed off. me up in the beginning. I was really thrown off. First time ever I put it on and it messed me up in the beginning. I thought you were getting into some sort of like character I didn't know about. You were going to put a top <laughs> hat on instead of your normal hat. Yes, but Nolan Smith is definitely one of those freaky guys, and it reminded me so much of what we know here, obviously, just watching him line up in the slot and then line up on the edge and line up off the ball. You're thinking of Isaiah Simmons. I I could not watch the tape, look at it without thinking of Isaiah Simmons. This is... This is the the charge for Nolan Smith. He's got to figure out where he's going to play and where he might build a career. But I think if I were his coach, I'd stick him on the edge and I would say, fight. 
right now. I'm just looking at at some of the mock drafts out there because that that is um, Nolan Smith is is the sort of talent that you're right. You look at it and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm getting three players if I draft this guy. Which, as we have seen firsthand here, you just need to get one player. That's right, <laughs> and get it right. That's so, right. I, so I don't know if other if if teams if they look and they point to Isaiah Simmons in Arizona and they're like, look, look what he could become. Because Isaiah Simmons hasn't become that guy yet, but at the same time, you still see the raw talent. And I'm, most of the, the mocks that I'm looking at right here, like Mel Kuyper has him eighth, going eighth to Atlanta. So that's not somebody, I don't even know if that's somebody the Cardinals would be looking at anyway, because they already have a guy like that. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe he would be there if you traded down to 7 or 11? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure about that, but I do know the guy is incredibly talented. He ran a 4-3-9 at the Combine. He blew people away. You're talking about a guy who's almost 240 pounds. It's very similar to Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. It is. The only thing Isaiah Simmons had <clears throat> was more Height. <laughs> that was. Think about it. Isaiah Simmons was actually taller. That that is one of the things that makes him such a freak himself. Yeah, that's the thing. Was if, if you look at Nolan Smith and you look at Isaiah Simmons, if they were both in this draft right now, and and we hadn't seen a couple of years of Isaiah Simmons look really good at times, but yeah. then also disappear at times in the NFL. I mean, I feel like Isaiah Simmons would be in your freak show too, wouldn't he? That's. That's about yeah. as freaky of a prospect as you get. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It is. And once again, you've got to be careful with this, though, because the temptation is going to be there to move them all over the place. And I just I don't believe in that tactic, especially when you're talking about a rookie. I realize Micah Parsons was able to actually do it and move around. But uh, I, I, I'm i a big believer that you've got to learn to master one position first and then you can start moving the game. Well, and everybody isn't Micah Parsons. Otherwise, True. nobody would ever score points in this league. The NFL would have to change the rules more than they already do to make sure there was some scoring. There is one name, and I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let you know this week if he pops up in the freak show. But there's one name I feel like is going to be in there. Okay. okay? And I yeah. don't know. I don't know. The only one I knew was Nolan Smith. I don't know any of the next three. Yeah. I'm going to do it every day. I, I've got a. Also, too, I just want people to know that are listening right now. I've got a very high bar for this for the most part. This is the one questionable bar that I have. Oh, he was the question. I know you said there was one that was. And, and the reason being is because you were talking about a guy who's 6'2. Now, you're 6'4, 240 pounds. Who runs a four three eight? <laughs> now all of a sudden you've got my attention. Isn't that right, Isaiah Simmons? And he was a freak. He was one of the freak show guys, Isaiah Simmons. I, I know for sure. I, I can almost guarantee I know Six one of these two guys. Doesn't you know what I mean? That's it's doesn't do a ton for me right there. But, but he still made it. He still made it because he ran a four three nine because he had a forty one and a half inch vertical. Think about that. 41 and a half. A 10-8 broad jump. That's kind of freaky. Um, Wait, so let's get clarification here, though. Does it get freakier as the week goes on? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just want to make sure everybody knows And that. then, oh, yeah. And then it's it reaches its zenith on draft day. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, back to basketball, what could the Suns potentially take away from the Clippers and what they've seen in this first-round series? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. First things first, rest in peace, sucker fair. For real, you the only father that I ever knew. I get my... Alright, the series is not over yet, so I don't want to get like too far ahead of ourselves. It's still just three one. Um, but this, this, uh, the second that the Kawhi Leonard missed Thursday's game, the Suns. I, I, th- I think most of us expected they would win this series anyway. But the second Kawhi went down, and then you figure the, the fairly quick turnaround going into Game Four. If he, if he has to miss a playoff game where the series is tied at one apiece for Game 3. It's probably not just running back for Game 4. It doesn't sound... I mean, nothing definitive has been put out there for Game 5 yet, but it doesn't It doesn't sound like people are really even expecting him. Whatever. The, uh, the, the Clippers are in a lot of trouble if they don't have Kawhi, and really they probably need Paul George, too, to have a realistic shot against the Suns. But we were talking about this before the show, and Producer Wolf, you put this in your, your producer email that you sent to all of us. Um... There's stuff the Suns could take from this Clippers team going forward, certainly. Yeah, um, you know, toughness, I think, first and foremost. You look at the Clippers and watch how they play. They're giving everything they've got out there. And I'm not saying that the Suns aren't base and owning. Heed my words and hear them well on that. Because, once again, when you've got the kind of talent... This is why I, I'm amazed at the Phoenix Suns, and I say that with all due respect for the Clippers. But the Phoenix Suns, their talent is so much better than the Clippers. Would you agree with well, that right, right now? now? Yeah, I mean, right if, now. if they don't have Paul George and Kawhi, yes, absolutely. So much better than the Clippers right now. Without Kawhi, without Paul George in particular, those two right there. Was this a competitive game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. They should like have. Like they all have been. They should have. Again, I'll go back to what I said last week. A lot of times you look at a playoff series and you're like, okay, well, like, who are the top five guys in the series? So, okay, well, you know, pick any of Golden State and, and Sacramento. Okay, well, yeah. Golden State's got to, they got Steph, but then De'Aaron Fox is probably the second best, but then Clay Thompson's probably the third. You can just kind of go back and forth. In this series, the Suns really should have right now the top four players in the series. Yes. It should be KD, Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And, um, Russell Westbrook is just playing out of his mind. He just is. He's playing out of his mind right now. But it's not just a. It's not just Ross. It's everybody. When you watch the Clippers play, it is. They are physical. Their effort is impeccable. They work hard. Their competitiveness is so impressive to me right now. And just watching them go out and compete, I think more than anything else, the sense of urgency that they're bringing to a lot of the first quarters, in particular. They know we've got to get off to a good start. If we don't get off to a good start, we're going to be in trouble. This could be a track meet if we don't get off to it. You can see the urgency from the Clippers, and that's the one area we were talking about this. That's the one area where the Suns have kind of really struggled is getting off to a good start. And I bringing that sense of urgency in that first quarter. And, you know, it was interesting to hear Kevin Durant actually talking after the game about the Clippers and how they compete and how they go about their business. I thought that was interesting, along with Russell Westbrook as well. What he was saying about himself, if, if the Suns can take anything, they can take 
toughness and look at it and see it for what it is. And remember, that Devin Booker doesn't need toughness. He is tough. KD doesn't need toughness. He is tough. There are other guys that need that tough. CP3 is tough. But I think a lot of the guys that are getting minutes right now have to re have to be reminded how physical this game gets in the postseason. Well, Aaron just pointed out to Kawhi not practicing but getting treatment, and they haven't ruled him out for Game Five. Um, I want to want to make sure I say this the right way, but I want to focus in on Russell Westbrook. And, and I know the, the second I say the other person's name, it immediately immediately just like polarizes Suns fans. I'm not saying this is a knock on DeAndre Ayton, but let's just all imagine for a second if you could somehow have the hybrid player that is DeAndre Ayton, built like DeAndre Ayton, just natural talent of DeAndre Ayton, but with the motor of Russell Westbrook. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that player would have to play in a different league. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine DeAndre Ayton running around all game like Russell Westbrook? That's the sickness of all that. (laughs) The sickness. Russ goes the extra mile. You watch him. He does. He, He wants to move. He wants to run. The energy that is coming out of him is stunning. And that's the one thing about D.A. You've heard me talk about this many, many times i his body language just is so lethargic so much of the time and it says i don't want to move i want to move as little as i possibly can to get through this do my job but do it with as little energy as i possibly can bring well i don't think russell westbrook can stand still like he's like one of those like fish in the ocean that if they stop swimming they just collapse yes. like he has to be moving at all times now kevin durant chris paul they both know russell westbrook well and russell westbrook gets a lot of criticism which i didn't always understand before this series and i certainly don't now watching this series i feel like people went too far the other way like maybe you didn't believe he should have won mvp a few years ago whatever that's fine but it has swung so far the other way if people like, he's not even a good player he is a good player. Sometimes he takes too many shots, but he's a good player. He doesn't fit on every team, but he is a good player. Here's uh, KD and Chris Paul after the game. No, I don't, we don't no, not about criticism. I mean, people going, people going, always criticize when you're successful and you know, doing your thing for this long. You know, so probably gonna always find something um, that they don't like about you. But <clears throat> Russ has been resilient his whole life. He come to work, don't say much, just come hope. So, you know. When he's retired, people are going to really tell the truth about how they feel about his game. Right now, it's a fun thing to do is to make a joke out of Russ. But he, he, you know, the way he's been playing is since he got with the Clippers, showed everybody who he really is. I like the only people that do that, too, is the people who don't know basketball. Right? You know what I'm saying? And don't know what it's like to compete. I know, for me, Russ is one of my closest friends. You know what I'm saying? And so people that do that talk crazy probably wish they could be in that situation. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the way you ended up. It must right have been there. after the game because Chris Paul was still a little bit edgy there. It the sounded pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you know, Katie also said this. He, um, he was talking about... Um, Talking about the Clippers, generally speaking, he said this team is going to stick around the whole game. They're never out of the game. 
that is what, more than anything else, you want to take something away from another team. And it, this is something that, again, the, the Suns have the people to do this. It will remind them right now. I'm sure they're having these conversations. I'm sure that Devin Booker is having conversations with the team. I'm sure Chris Paul is having KD having conversations with the team about this. Look at what you're seeing right now. The the tough attitude, never say die attitude that we're playing against right now. They're going to stick around the whole game. They're never out of a game. What a great quality to actually have as a basketball team, well, you, to never be out of it. You, you'd like to impart that to the bench on the Suns. You, yes. you would like the Suns bench to play like the way the Clippers' depth plays, and certainly the way the Clippers' bench plays. Yeah, you'd like to impart some of it to DeAndre Ayton, I'm sure, too. Torrey Craig's been really good in this series. Like, normally you'd say, hey, Torrey Craig, he's a role player. And he is. If Torrey Craig was on the Clippers, he'd be like, yeah, that fits. He plays. He plays physical, and he's just, he's just relentless. But, I mean, they've gotten so much from Torrey Craig, not not necessarily in Game 4 production-wise, but in the first three games, Um I'm interested to see what the Clippers come out like in Game Five yeah. because now now it's three one and if they don't have Kawhi for that game, they know in the back of their minds that they're on the ropes and that the Suns are the the far superior team talent wise. But do they come out and still find a way to play that way and make life tough on the Suns and try and force a Game Six? I just want to read Russell Westbrook here. I don't know if you have a cut from him, but I want to read this cut. He said, "We make no excuses around here. We just." got to make sure we really we got to make sure we rally around each other keeping competitiveness and leaving it on the floor i mean that to me is that's what the suns can take he's not going to look any different tomorrow that's that's the thing that's great about russ yeah if you're a clippers fan you're probably not winning the series He's not going to look like the series is over tomorrow. Make no excuses around here. That's the best advice the Suns could take. All right, we'll stick with basketball, but we'll take a look around the Western Conference because things are getting pretty interesting in a couple of these other series, and that obviously could impact the Suns in the not-too-distant future. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big ludicrous fan wolf. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I love his name. Good driving music, for sure. Ludicrous. And he's also like a billionaire now, I think. Oh, you know, I mean, not just from the music. He's like super entrepreneur guy now. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like us. I love entrepreneurs. We're super entrepreneur guys, right? Yeah, yeah. well, not super. No. <laughs> or. Hold on, let me let me yeah. Google what entrepreneur means first. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stick in the NBA, and this conversation obviously impacts the Phoenix Suns, but it's more a look around the Western Conference. <laughs> Golden State man, kind of oh. did what I think a lot of people anticipated. They went home, they won two games, and now if you are Sacramento, you're probably feeling like you're the better team in the series, and you're probably thinking, okay, it's our time. It's been Golden State's time for like a decade. When are they done? But, man, you got to feel nervous. Now it's a best of three. 
against the team with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and Steve yeah. Kerr and Draymond Green. Okay, you've been talking about this, though, all year. You've been talking about the Nuggets and their road record. All Warriors, year. yeah. I yes. mean, the, yeah, it's, yeah. What did I say? The, the Nuggets? nuggets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, where's the coffee? As a matter of fact, no. Talking about the Warriors. Yes. You've been talking about their road record the entire year for the most part and just how abysmal it has truly been. So, you know, it kind of held the form. Uh-huh. They played the Kings and they got whipped and they went down 2-0 and suddenly they went home and now all of a sudden it's 2-2. So Beware. This is how much I've been looking at their road record. I don't even have to look it up. I know off the top of my head they're 11-32 and 32 <laughs> counting the playoffs. Could you not see this play out where the Kings get game 5, the Warriors lose another road game, the Warriors go home, win game 6, and then they still go one and three on the road in the series, but they win game seven on the road. Yes. I mean, that's yes. that's what this looks like, doesn't I, it? I could definitely see that being the case. I could definitely see that happen. And again, this is who they are. I don't think anything is going to come easy for the Warriors. I don't. They're going to have to claw their way, scratch their way through this whole thing. Because for whatever reason, they do play different on the road. It's It's stunning. I didn't think there was going to be any issue. Did you think there was going to be issues with the Warriors once they got into the the postseason? No. No. I didn't think there was going to be any issues whatsoever, and yet uh, there has been. So, you know, again, um, okay, maybe their bench is the problem right there. We all know what everyone says about teams, that the bench, of course, plays so much better at home than on the road, and maybe that's what's really hurt the Warriors. It's not like I sat down and broke down all the tape from the Warriors. We have seen them play. There's no doubt about it. And Draymond Green is doing his Draymond Green act for the most part off the bench. That was really interesting to see that Steve Kerr made that adjustment right there. We'll see if that pays dividends or even carries over. Here is Draymond uh, talking about coming off the bench yesterday. You know, one of his worries was like, but how are you going to feel coming off the bench? You have not come off the bench in, in uh, nine years in the playoffs. How are you going to feel? Who f- cares? Like, who cares how I feel? Um, I mean, if, if I must answer the question for you, I'm fine. I'll be ready to go when it's time for me to go in. But it doesn't matter how I feel. I think the right thing to do will be to start the game the exact way we start a game three. The right thing to do, right? Well, there you there. go. Well, game three, you weren't playing because you were suspended. So, yeah, I guess start it the same way. Yeah, boy, that is, that's really mystifying. Do you think Draymond Green has like normal level conversations if you're like, Draymond, what do you feel like for lunch? And he's like, who cares how I feel? Uh, I know. Right. I, I, <laughs> like, I was just asking if I you want a right. sandwich, dude. I, yeah, I, I think his intensity level is always going to be there. It's always going to be up. And I have so much respect for Draymond Green, how he goes about his business and how he plays. I love watching him compete. I truly do. Um, it's just everything else around it after the whistle blows that it just drives me nuts. What are you doing? Are you tr- who are you doing this for? Who? That's so, who he is now. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But, you know, um, I think Golden State is going to win that series. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I do wonder if Sacramento, I don't want to say they're better, because, I mean, if Golden State wins the series and they just won the title last year, it's hard to say, oh, but Sacramento's better, because, first of all, you think Sacramento's going to feel better if they lose? And we're all like, well, but you know what? A radio host in Phoenix thinks you're the better team. Like, oh, that's all we were playing for. Uh, but it does feel like this series is going to end with, with everybody looking at the Kings being like, oh, their time's coming. Don't worry. But Golden State just moving on. I will say this too, Wolf. I still want to see Suns Warriors at some point in the playoffs. And I know it would have to be the Western Conference. And I know this is the conversation we had all season last yeah. year. I, I want to see Suns Warriors. Yeah. I, that's what I want to see. And I, I, that's not going to change. I'm with you on that one, honestly. Yeah, I don't worry about it. I, I'm not afraid of who are the Suns going to play. I really am not because I do believe that in the end it all comes out in the wash. It will. You have to play the best to beat the best. You have to be the best by beating the best. That's what you have to be. And uh, if that means going through Golden State, so be it. What's the problem? Uh, Maloney just said that you should stop skipping steps. Actually, I think that was directed at me. What do you mean? Yeah, no, you can't skip steps. Monty Williams. Oh, you just want to go right to Golden State. I would like to see Golden State, yeah. Okay, great. You would like to see them at some point in time. I I just, honestly, more than anything else, it's important the Suns are going to finish the Clippers off in Game 5. And then next, because what, what is it? Maloney, I heard you saying this. The, the game one would be So, what? yes. So, if Denver beats the Timberwolves tomorrow night in game five to advanced, and if the Suns beat the Clippers in game five to advance, then the game would be played against the Nuggets and Suns on Saturday. Oh, think about that. And if they lose, then it would be Monday. What a break that would be right there. Think about that. Yeah. yeah, that would have been when Game Seven was yeah. right. So really, what you want is Minnesota to somehow steal another one from Denver and the Suns to win, so you yes. can rest up some of these guys. Yes, that'd be awesome. All right, we have to get to this Lakers series too, real quick. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming everybody saw Dylan Brooks and oh, yeah. what he did to LeBron after what he said about LeBron after Game Two. Here's Dylan Brooks, who feels it was unfair he was thrown out for. Yeah. I didn't even focus on that. I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, they can't dictate the series like that, you know. Um, and, you know, Mark probably had to call that because of what happened yesterday with James Harden. And that's just unfair, you know. Um, and I get penalized and, you know, I can't help my team, you know, try to make a comeback in the second half. Your thoughts on that, Luke? I'm pretty sure he had to call it because he punched LeBron in a place where you're not supposed to punch somebody or hit or whatever, however you want to describe it. I heard Bickley talking about this this morning and uh, spot on with in hockey, this stuff doesn't happen. Because if you send your fourth liner out after your first, after the other team's first liner, your fourth liner will just get knocked down. Yeah, like he'll just get beat up. He'll have to fight. Yeah, the the players police themselves in hockey. You you can't see in hockey. Okay, let's take our last guy on the bench and put him out there against the other team's best player, and maybe they'll both get thrown out. You can't do that stuff. And in basketball, they don't really allow the players to police themselves. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying we're fighting in basketball. But Dylan Brooks is not LeBron James. And I'm fine with the you don't have to respect LeBron when you're playing against him, but 
I'm kind of over Memphis just in general this season. Yeah, it's been exhausting, man. That's yeah, just been an exhausting been, team. Yeah, a lot of emotional stress going on there yeah. with the Grizzlies. You know, it was one of the great things about playing the game of football, too, back in the 80s and 90s. Can I tell you that? Back in the 2000s as well. You could still police each other out on the football field. It was one of the great things about it. You're going to go ahead and take some liberties? You're going to take some liberties? That's great, because we've got this crazy man over here who's going to knock your life lights out at some point in time hit you right in the face full speed and it's gonna hurt and you're gonna go that's that's the way that it used to happen all the time on the football field i love that it's one of the biggest things i miss about the game now because i don't believe that you can still police each other thank you to all wedge busters out there (laughs) thank you you, you're welcome honestly you are (laughs) And it just, that is one of the things I miss the most. I can't tell you how many times you'd get cheap-shotted by a guy out on the field. And all you did, Basin Ornians, you'd walk to the sideline and you'd just say, 41. 41! 41! And everyone knew exactly what that meant. 41. Oh, if you get a shot at 41, make sure you drive him into the ground. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're going to police yourself. It's funny how that works, too, because all of a sudden 41 doesn't feel inclined to do that as much when they actually have to pay for it, as opposed to, oh, you might get a foul called yeah. on you. I'm trying to think what the end game is for Dylan Brooks. I, I what, what does he think that he's actually accomplishing? I know when we talked about this last week before he had done this and he was just talking about LeBron the way he was. You thought on some level Memphis has to be on board with this, or okay, maybe this is what they're, they're you know, it's got to be calculated a little bit, right? Because otherwise you're just playing with fire. I don't know that he's calculated. When Draymond Green does stuff, even when it's wrong, I feel like there was, there was a plan behind it, and sometimes it just goes horribly wrong. Right. I, know, right. I think Dylan Brooks, it just feels like he's in it for himself. That's what it feels like. Coming up next, we're going to take through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.